G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. We've all heard someone say, I feel like a dog with two masters, and we know exactly what they mean. Turns out that we're made to have just one master, not two, not three, one. The question is, which one? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and it's great to be back with you again. Today, we're going to take a look at just that, the master of your life from a different perspective. I'm not sure if you've ever owned a dog. I've had one in my day when I was a teenager. And these days I own a cat called Doggy, strange but true, and she behaves much more like a dog than a cat. Anyhow, here's the thing about the dog. A dog, depending on its demeanour, will by and large live happily with a family. Some are better than others. Labradors, for instance, they're great family dogs. So they'll live in a family, but they will always develop a special bond with one family member, because at the end of the day, a dog wants to have just one master. Not two, not three, but one. It's the same when dogs are used by the police or the military. The dog isn't some commodity passed around from one person to the next. Each dog has just one handler, one master, with whom it forms a special, loyal bond. A dog can't have two masters. Why? Well... What if this master tells it to do X and the other master tells it to do Y? doesn't work. So the dog has just one master. A bit like that with us too. Have you ever been in a work situation or perhaps a church or a community group where the lines of authority and delegation, instead of being clear, they're murky? Invariably, someone will pop up and say, I feel like a dog with two masters. Over this last week and a half, we've been looking at at running the race and winning the prize, living a life worth living. The Christian work is not some aimless wandering around in the wasteland of life. It's a hell of a way to spend your life, literally. And on this earth, you only have one life to spend. Yesterday on the program, we looked at the reality that often we start the race with all good intentions, living a good life for God, but then the thorns of this world grow up and they destroy our lives. I want to talk particularly about one thing that does that more than any other today. It's this, the love of money. Now, we all like money. Not because it necessarily looks nice or smells nice or or feels nice in our pockets or in our wallets or in our hands. We like money because of what it can buy. We love to buy things. For some people, it's it's clothes and shoes. Hmm, I wonder who that might be. For others, it's gadgets and toys, that, that dream house, the renovation, this and that. That's in the affluent West, where we spend more on pet food each year than we do helping the poor. But can I tell you, it's true in poorer countries too. People who are struggling to survive in ghettos, in shanty towns, in refugee camps, relying on food deliveries by aid agencies, with little or no hope of a job or an adequate income. You see, we in the West hang our baubles of wealth in front of their noses too. 
and they develop aspirations for those things no different to the affluent Westerner. Let's get one thing straight. Money is a good thing. We all need to have it. We all need food. We all need shelter. But there comes a point when the love of money, the desire for wealth, takes on a whole new dimension. There's a line. And when we step over it, that's it. This is what Jesus said about it. Have a listen. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. In fact, the word that's used there for wealth, I I really go back to the original word, but the word is mammon. It comes from a root word that means the things that we trust in. See, what Jesus is saying is we can't put our trust in God and in wealth. We'll end up serving one or the other, not both. Wealth is a much better translation here than money itself. It's about the desire to be rich, not having money. We can't be a dog with two masters. We have to choose. Well, Bernie, how does that work, you might be thinking? Because I have to have money. I, I need money to live and survive and save for my old age. What are you saying? Simply this, that if we want to run the race that God set before us, the race of grace, the grace race. If we want to call Jesus Lord of our lives and bow our lives down to him and live out and run that amazing race that he's planned just for you and just for me before even time began, if we want to do that, we cannot serve money. We cannot harbour a desire for wealth and riches. We simply cannot do both. Money must become a servant and not a master. See, here is the bit where we get it wrong. Some people talk about faith. They have this this blab it and grab it, name it and claim it sort of faith. I can ask God for anything in Jesus' name and it will be given to me. In fact, that's exactly what Jesus said. So we pervert that and we decide it's like a magic wand. Well, I want a bigger house and a better car and a bigger salary and I'm going to claim that in Jesus' name. Do you see what's happening here in the context of the dog with two masters? Wealth becomes the master, and we make Jesus our servant, and we get it completely the wrong way round. So many people start off with good intentions, and then all of a sudden they lose their way because of money. So how do we make sure that doesn't happen? Simple. We put our financial resources at the complete, listen again, the complete disposal of God. We give a whole bunch of it away, an amount that actually costs us something, an amount that involves sacrifice. It can be hard to start with, absolutely. I remember early in my Christian walk, I was earning a lot of money, and I came into touch with this concept of tithing, giving 10% off the top to God's work. I did my sums, and I thought, that's actually a lot of money. And I struggled with that for a long time. But since I came to grips with that, Money has become my servant and not my master. My resources belong to my God. Does that mean we can't spend anything on ourselves or this or that? No, not at all. But as we saw yesterday on the program, we looked at a passage, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, said, The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Being a slave to money is a very painful thing. It never satisfies and it costs a lot. It's just not worth it.
Let me come back to it again. Money is a good servant, but wealth is a lousy master. What's the aim of your life? The Apostle Paul talked about running his race for God. Do you not know that in a race the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. See, pursuing wealth instead affects the decisions we make, where we decide to live. We maybe want to live over here in this expensive suburb, and that costs a lot of money. But what if God's got a plan for us to live over yonder? in a cheaper suburb, and have a job that pays less and gives us more time to serve him. Which one do we choose? Are we a dog with two masters? Or even more simply than that, I want to buy this and yet my heart, I know God wants me to fund this thing over here, this work for his glory. Which one? Am I a dog with two masters? We need to run the race in such a way that we win the prize because no one can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to that one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. It's as simple as that. We love sharing the gospel with as many people as possible so they can experience a real and tangible relationship with God. So before I go, I'd like to tell you about our free daily devotional to help you be all that God made you to be. It's called Fresh. Each day you'll receive a powerful scripture verse together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement. And the best news is that it's completely free and delivered right to your inbox each and every day where you can choose to read, listen or even watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. It's God's word fresh for you each day. To receive your free devotional, just jump onto the website freshdevotional.org. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign up right there for you. As a bonus, I'll also send you a free copy of my e-book, How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? So head across to the website and sign up to receive Fresh. I pray that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. That web address again, in case you missed it, is freshdevotional.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.